Would you say that you have any go-to Haggadahs? Yes. I never outgrew the one that I found when I was 10. Which is that? Um, I just use like illustrated children's Haggadah. And I keep it on in front of me. Um, And then I have a backup one with commentary in case there's ever like a lull or someone else needs attention or something. I'll kind of read a little bit. Welcome back to the pre-Pesach series of The Jews Next Door, where we raise passionate and committed Jews. My name is Rabbi Yair Manshal. I'm a parenting coach, an educator, the program manager of Jen Aleph, and a parent who's on the journey just like you to raise my children the best way possible. In this final episode of this pre-Pesach series, we end off with the creator of that Jewish moment, Sari Kapitnikov. Sari is one of the most creative people I have ever met. It's, it's incredible. And it's really clear throughout the episode how she brings her educator mentality, her creativity to her Seder prep. And it's incredible. Sari discusses what her Pesach workshops consist of, her favorite themes, part of the, her favorite part of the Seder, and the highlight of her Seder from her from growing up, and much more. And I, I particularly loved Sarah's final message at the end that it's you know close to home for me. So I, I look forward to sharing this episode with you. And without further ado, enjoy the episode. This week's guest is Mrs. Sari Kapitnikov. Sari is an experiential educator, digital artist, educational performer, and content creator. She is passionate about creating books, games, activities, shows, and virtual challenges that bring Judaism to life for the last decade. She's taught elementary, middle, and high school, but her creativity and energy have reached beyond the classroom, bringing the sparks of Jewish life to all parts of the world. In 2014, Sari began That Jewish Moment, a colorful, meaningful, and heartfelt collection of drawings and programs that showcase the spirit and beauty of Jewish life. You can find Lots of free Jewish educational material on thatjewishmoment.com and follows, follow Sari on Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok at That Jewish Moment. And we actually have some of the books over here, all of her books, That Jewish Moment. The first, we have The da- Davening da- Diary. We have Jumagine That, which is incredible. If you're, if you're looking at the video, you can see. If not, you can check them out on Amazon, on her website. And the latest one, special for Pesach, My Escape from Egypt. These are Incredible, really amazing, and really want to say a major thank you to you for taking the time out right before Pesach, doing all these Pesach workshops. Thank you. I am always happy to have an excuse not to clean, so <laughs> happy to be here. I hear that. I hear that. Okay, amazing. So, first things first. What inspired you to go into this field? You know, first into Jewish education, and then to kind of go into more of the you know the illustrating and all the this creative creative work. So I actually had no idea what I wanted to be when I grew up. Um, I explored lots of different career paths. I thought about being an animator, a dentist, a teacher for the deaf. Um, It was actually an advertisement hanging in college that caught my eye. It sounds so sappy, but it said, be the inspiring teacher you always wish you had. And it had a picture of a teacher leaning over the desk, helping a child. And that inspired me to apply to a master's program. At the same time, I was also shadowing a few pediatric dentists, and I loved it. I thought, this is perfect. I loved everything about it, except the actual tooth part. I had no (laughs) interest in that. But I loved the interactions with the kids and helping kids feel at ease and comfortable. So those you know, the combination of those two things together um, kind of set me on the path to education, and now there's no looking back. And then what, how did you you take the plunge to, I guess, leave the formal classroom and, and create 
you know, all this, that Jewish moment, all, all of these incredible creations. Yeah, I think it kind of happened organically. So I've always been drawing ever since I could hold a pen. Wow. And I was always doodling on my notebooks. And um, as a teacher, I would spend hours creating these beautiful worksheets. And then the pandemic really was critical in helping me realize that there is a greater need in the world to create Jewish you know, content and share that. Sure, sure. Um, and when I realized that need, I kind of stepped up and oh, so this was really born like during COVID more so a lot of this. Yeah. Really? That Jewish wow. moment was an Instagram project I was doing for years, uh-huh. sharing Jewish digital art. It was just a hobby. Um, and it became, uh, you know, a bigger deal in Got 2020. Got it. Wow. Wow. And where do you get all of your, you know, inspiration from you? You have like really very uh, original content. Your TikToks are hilarious. Like you've got you. great, great, really great stuff. So where does this all come from? It's, it's a good question. I have the page from my sketchbook when I first had the idea of that Jewish moment. And on this, you know, on the left margin, I wrote things I'm afraid of. And one of them was running out of ideas. Uh-huh. And I always worry about it. Like, wait, what happens when I'm like, wait, my husband was just saying, what are you going to do next, Pesach? We were just talking about this last Pesach. Every year we think like, okay, right, right. this is it. But thank God the ideas come usually oh, sure. wow. very close to deadlines. That's just the way it works. <laughs> totally. But thank God there, there's a lot out there that yeah. can be done. I can totally relate to that. Like right before the deadline, you're like, get in. It's Boom. like, oh, it's like, wait, if I would have thought of that like a week ago, two weeks ago, it would have been so much easier. But uh, you know, Totally, you, always. <laughs> totally hear you. Okay, amazing. So, and then how did you get into Pesach workshops? Where did that come from? Is that, is that from your book? Like that's like what propelled that forward or was, you know, even before no, that? No, that actually was the beginning of it all in the pandemic. If you remember March, we sure. might have, you know, blocked it out. Yeah, yeah. Um, try to, but. Right. So March, I think I put an Instagram survey out. How can I help you? And I had a few options and people said materials for Pesach because it was fast approaching really? and suddenly parents were juggling their jobs, uh-huh. also trying to educate their kids, raise them, maintain normalcy in the house. So I started making Pesach things. I made um, Pesach games and I did puppet shows. Um, and then each year I kind of build on that. Wow. That's so cool. That's and amazing. And you know, every age group has different needs. So I do puppet show for the younger, you know, puppet shows for the younger kids, elementary school age kids, more introducing concepts with fun and engagement. Um, and then parents helping them make the night different from all other nights, um, create an engaging Seder. Gotcha. So what, what does that look like? What does that Pesach workshop for parents look like? So it's basically me, a teacher, sharing some best practices from teaching, which you can apply um, at the Seder. So for example, all teachers know you have to lesson plan and parents might not realize, like if you just spend five minutes thinking, what is my goal? What am I hoping to achieve? What do I want my kids tomorrow to say, Hey, our Seder was very blank. Right. What should that blank be? Mm Instead, we get caught up in little details, not even thinking about it. Like, I have to cut this out and perfectly and put it in the centerpiece. <laughs> or let me just, wait, wait, why are you doing this? Do you have to do this? What is what is your goal? So mm-hmm. step one is begin with the end in mind. Mm. Um, it's a great teaching, uh, yeah. A teaching, right. Pedagogy really has a space in, totally, in the Seder. Sure. Well, the Baal that really built in a lot of pedagogy into, oh, yes. into it. Experiential learning at its Very best. Very much it's so. It's totally there. Totally. And I would say a second huge principle is... It's one that personally I always use in teaching is keep them on their toes. Mm. Um, there are such simple ways to just have kids be on the edge of their seat, always waiting for like, what's going to be next? Um, so, so, it's kind of like the, you know, like we do this so that the children will ask, but it's like, yes. like you know, taking that Take one, one step. Or, yeah. 10 notches. Nice. Nice. Yeah. So what, what are some examples of that? 
An example is instead of beginning any paragraph with, all right, let's read the next one. Everyone, eyes in the Haggadah. Na, 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 na. Instead, say something like, okay, everyone, hold up your right hand. Put down one finger if you've ever been inside a cave. And everyone's like, okay, what are we doing? <laughs> Put down another finger if you've ever been inside a shopping mall and lost track of time and left and realized, hey, it became night. If you kind of ask certain questions and beginning to pique their curiosity and get them listening, mm, so um, cool. it could be a, a great segue into actual, you know, the Devar Torah that you want to share. You do that with specific paragraphs or more so with the Devar Torah or really anything? Anything. Uh, it could also be, everybody stand up. Okay. This is something that I also, you know, do in, in the classroom all the time. Instead of just handing out a worksheet, have everybody, everybody go to your locker, open it up and look inside. Or let's say, you know, the lockers are open or, um, look under your desk or there are 10 hidden papers in this classroom. You're basically just taking what maybe you would do normally mm -hmm. and figuring out how to spice it up. Interesting. With just, a, you know, interesting, a, interesting. a little more thought. So can you give me an example, let's say with one of the paragraphs for the, for the, for this, from the Haggadah? Yeah. So maybe you would say, um, maybe when you're up to Motsi Matzah, you say, okay, here are four sample toppings. Which one would you like to have on your matzah? It doesn't have to be a deep, meaningful question every time. It could just be engagement strategies to keep them thinking and to keep them awake and alert and That's with you cool. and buy in. <clears throat> That's very, very cool. Thank so you. parents are not, you know, not all parents are educators per se. So, you know, they don't have necessarily the ability to create that like lesson plan. So how would you advise parents to create that lesson plan? I mean, fine. They come up with their goal, right? They have right. their goal in mind. They know That's what the they, main thing, by the right. way. You're First, once you, right. Boom. Once you create the goal, good. But then how do they then say, okay, I, I know where I want to end up, but I'm not really sure how to get there. So how do they, how, how would yeah. you advise, you know, based on this lesson plan type model? So I would say once you have your goal, think of two to three things you can do to get there. And also think about your own abilities. Like how much time do you have? Do you mm -hmm. have 10 minutes of prep? Do you have an hour? Do you have the time to go searching online for questions? Or maybe you just need to prepare some post-its and, you know, come up with questions at the Seder. Just, right, you, right. Know, you need to be like, you know, one paragraph or two ahead of your kids. So think about how much time you have to dedicate. I mean, I've you know, you probably also you, any teacher has sometimes made lesson plans far in advance and sometimes sure. on the way to school, on the way into the classroom. Exactly. <laughs> as you're wondering, what is, but, but the idea is really to have that moment. I, I compare it to somebody who's about to dive into the water. If you take those five seconds and fill your lungs with air, mm. it will make a huge difference while you're under the water. Mm, that's great. That's great, Marshall. That's awesome. So anything else that we should be doing? So we have the goal in mind, then we have the, you know, Take, you know, everyone stand up, put your right hand, whatever, what, anything else that they should be doing to, uh, for parents to. Yes. A lot. Um, <laughs> props, props Ooh. and prizes. Um, you can either get the props and make the connections after go to the dollar store, Oriental trading, any of these, um, websites you can, kids appreciate the really little flimsy prizes, even the ones that break immediately upon opening. Totally. Um, and think about ways that you can incorporate props and costumes into the Seder. So what if you bought little crowns that everybody could have next to their seat? And every time it's time to have, you know, your cup poured, you put on your crown. Um, little things like that. Nice. That can That's awesome. bring it to life. That's great. That's awesome. Any other preparations that you, you're, you personally do to create your Seder experience? Yes, always. Always like 30 minutes before lighting. 
Pesach, um, I am always hunched over a little paper cutting out things. <laughs> um, now that I have that Jewish moment, I, I usually make my games a few weeks before, nice, but nice. there's still always the printing and the cutting. Um, so much exists out there. So right now, like if, if you can just Google printable Pesach game, you, you will find, I, I have like a bunch of 50 things. <laughs> yeah. There are so many things. But you go on to that Jewish moment, you'll find amazing things there. Um, yes, I, I make new Pesach games every year. Wow. Um, it's really fun. That's awesome. That's great. That's really, really great. So, um, what, what, what are, what's, you know, you said before, like have the goals in mind. So yeah. what are those themes? What are, what are those goals or themes that you, you know, either sh- that you think parents should be trying to focus on or that you personally do focus on? The biggest one I think is Yeshua Hashem Karifayan, that mm. concept that, and it's just like Pesach is filled with it. Every time you eat matzah, and you'll be eating a lot of matzah. <laughs> just think about this, like the 18 minutes, the rush, like they were in slavery for years and years and suddenly it's like, boom. And that's such a such an important theme and helpful theme that carries me throughout life. Yeah, because that's an awesome point. no matter what you're going through personally, collectively, there is redemption around the corner. Hmm. So that's a huge one. I grew up with, my father took the Seder very seriously and I owe so much to him. Um, this was a huge thing, a huge theme that came back every year in a new form. It was wearing a different outfit, oh, but really? it was always there. So what, how did that, how did you play that out? Meaning I understand the idea of like thinking about it while eating matzah, but what are ways to give it over to either like, let's say little children or then like middle school age children and then like high school age children. Yeah, like how do we give that ages. over? Yeah, all the ages. Stories is one way. Mm-hmm. Um, so many of the Haggadot have little passages, things on the side. Sure. Um, growing up, my father, always, I mean, he still does this. I just saw it more when I was growing up with him. Um, he would go through the Haggadah maybe like a few weeks before and with a little post-it. If it was on Shabbos, he had a post-it, you know, a little stack of post-its and he would put a little post-it next to each paragraph that stuck out to him. Mm-hmm. Um, during the weekday, he would make like a vertical line in the margin now, every, every time I read one of his books that I'm like, I am looking out for those lines, like what's <laughs> the extra funny. good parts. But each year he came prepared with stories that either stories or Midrashim or Chazal, some divrei Torah that had that message about redemption. Um, and Korach actually has become my favorite step of the 15 steps because you're really sandwiching like the, the difficulty that we're going through and the mar and the bitterness with, with the matzah, really well. that combo, because that's what we're living through in the diaspora. Like there's always hope right. and life is tough and together. Yeah, together. Wow. That's yeah. awesome. That's awesome. So the stories of give, you know, giving over stories that really show like the Yeshua Sashem Karavine, like that, and having that discussions, asking questions, you can have the same deep question and cater it to an 18-year-old, a 4-year-old, depending mm-hmm. on how you word it. If you're looking for a great way to have some good, clean, kosher fun with your children through the powerful effect of music, look no further because Jay Karaoke is here. Jay Karaoke gives one and all the platform to belt out their favorite tunes from a library of thousands of Jewish songs, hundreds of artists, and genres across multiple decades of incredible Jewish music. Personally, I know that I love singing. I love it. I love karaoke, but I was really never able to get into it because it wasn't the Jewish songs. And that's where Jay Karaoke comes in with their huge selection from the latest hits, 
to the classics. They even have nursery rhymes for your little ones. And with features like key changes to help you sing, to make you more comfortable as you're singing, and speeding it up or slowing down the song, they have really thought of everything. To enjoy Jewish karaoke your way, all you need to do is head to jkaraoke.com. Choose a subscription that fits for you. And to make it even more fun, you could purchase their state-of-art karaoke kit, which gives you the feeling as if you are today's top singer. You can insert whoever you feel it is. Connect your kit to any device, like it could be a laptop, a computer, a tablet, whatever it is. And you plug in your speaker, plug in your J Karaoke microphone, and you sing away. It's as easy as that. That's all it is. And it's really fun. I checked out their website. Really looks amazing. They have an incredible, incredible amount of song selection. Anything you want. They got Thank You Hashem. They got Mordechai Shapiro. They really got it all. You can subscribe monthly for just $4.99 a month, yearly for $49.99. And we have a special deal here for you. For any of our listeners, if you use the code JEWSNEXTDOOR, D-O-R, you get an additional 10% off. And if you don't want your children to be using a device with internet, J Karaoke has got you covered. You can download the app onto your desktop. Once you have it up, turn off the internet. Let them sing all day long without the internet. Check out J Karaoke today and let the fun begin. Totally. Um, so asking questions about, you know, have them think about their own lives, lives of people they know. Have them broaden their bubble a little bit and think about the world. What right now is not perfect? What does freedom mean? Who has freedom? Um, how could we be more free? That kind of thing. Thought-provoking questions. Right. And I also like to always add a twist to my questions. Instead of saying, what does freedom mean? I'll say, answer in exactly six words. What do you think freedom means? Mm, I saw this on your Asia article. That's great. Yeah, yeah, that's one of my favorite things to do. I mean, you can change it to 10 words if you want to be more right, right. liberal. <laughs> um, so one of my Pesach games is just a bunch of questions that they have to answer in six words. Wow. What age would you say that that's like appropriate for? Um, when you can count. <laughs> so... <laughs> Maybe even ages five and up. See if you can say in six words and you can help them. Let's say they say uh, freedom is when you can do stuff. So maybe when you can really do stuff, like help them out, you know, build it. Um, So discussion questions are a great way. Um, There's so much you can do. You can also just challenge everybody with, you know, maybe before if you have the time, write down a few verses from the Haggadah and put them under everyone's plate. And at the beginning, say, everyone, check under your plate. And there they'll find a verse from the Haggadah. And see if, you know, when we get up to that verse, see if you can connect it somehow to your Mm. life or share with us or stand up and pinch your nose. Whatever you want to do, they'll be looking out. They'll be owning their phrase. That's their phrase. That's so cool. That's great. That's a great idea. That's really a great idea. So what is, what is the, what does the Seder look like? Let's take, you know, in your home and, you know, either in, you know, you said your father took it very seriously. So either in like your parents' home growing up or right. like in your personal home now, like yeah. take us through that. What does that look like? Like, how do you, how do you balance all the Divri Torah? How do you balance your children coming home with Divri Torah? Mm. Or, you know, I, I know you they have, have so younger many. children, so. right. <laughs> but you know, like either you when you were coming home when, you know, when you were growing up and you were coming home with Divri Torah, how did you balance that versus, you know, your father leading it. Like how, right. what was that? What did that look like? 
it's funny because I'm not sure I approve of my own behavior now looking back. Um, and I'm grateful that my parents let me at, I've been making games for the Seder ever since I was maybe 10. Uh -huh. Like it was always my job. Nice. Um, my father always was in charge of leading the Torah thought, the Torah discussion. My mom was in charge of, she always made this grab bag, which was so exciting. In the beginning, it just started out as one little bag. And when we answered something, well, you know, said a good answer, asked a good question, we stuck our hands in, took out a prize. Over the years, it got bigger and bigger. She would come in the room with this, like, four separate bags covered with this sheet. Um, so she was, like, the fun. My father was the wisdom. And together, and I made the games. Um, I think it really is the parent's job to, to do the Seder. Um, kind of like it's the teacher's job to run the classroom. Sure. That being said, as a teacher, I always delegate. I always give out classroom jobs and responsibilities. Mm -hmm. totally. um, I think that the parents should reserve the time to share, but without crushing their kids' spirit. I mean, mm. kids come home so proud of their 86-page booklet <laughs> with totally. laminated, all these little Velcro things, and they want to share. So instead of saying, nope, you know, you can really squelch that little excited flaming heart, you know. Right, right. Um, instead, set, set up specific times. Like, I can't wait to hear, let's hear Javar Torah from you. Can you be the one to speak during the first course at Shulchan Aruch? Or maybe during your daytime meals, you will have a specific segment. You know, you can make it, give them like pretend microphones testing. Um, <laughs> and, but highlight and encourage them to be excited about what they have right, learned right. and shared. But the Seder is really your time, your time to shine as a parent and your time to teach. Got it. Got it. Totally. So how do you I mean, how do you engage them without squashing that? Meaning you want to give it to them, but you want to do that. So in, like, what is that proper balance? Meaning how much do you so let them? So maybe say, um, encourage them to pick out three different Torah to share tonight, okay. your favorite ones and the got rest it. we want to hear tomorrow. It, or maybe it. when they come home with the book, can we sit down on the couch for 20 minutes? I want to see this. Wow. You this can is start amazing. Planning. You can already start looking. Say that for the Seder. Exactly. Got it, got you can it, have a it. say in that. Nice. Nice. And how do you, how do you sprinkle in those? Like, you know, I, I saw you had this list of 10 game, 10 ways to gamify the, uh, the Seder. So yes. how do you, how do you sprinkle those in? Are those throughout the night? Are those at specific night, points? All the time. Always. I gamify my life. Nice. Um, <laughs> That's the way to do it. Literally like, like growing up, we had a dog and the dog would scratch at the door and immediately like we would hear the scratching and my sister and I would turn to each other and do rock, paper, scissors. Like <laughs> games are just such a fun way to engage with the world. Totally. Um, and the Seder, it, I find that games really help keep people awake and motivated and it keeps them asking questions, taking risks. Um, I made a game, I think it was last year called Seder Rolls. You can make it up also. Like basically you give everybody before the Seder a role they have to play. Mm -hmm. Like you be the person who is constantly asking people if they need help mm -hmm. or you be the person who has a question about everything. So because we naturally have our roles anyway, sure. if you also have to play another role, it can just add another dimension sure, to sure. the whole Seder. That's such a great point. That's awesome. I love that. I know, I know that you're a very visual person, you know, seeing all your content that you create on, you know, first of all, in your books, also on Instagram, on TikTok, all, all your different things. How much visuals do you bring into your, into your Seder? As many as possible. Um, well, obviously you but can't also, bring in digital. <laughs> but from, right. For me, as many as possible is not the same as like, I actually get intimidated by Pinterest. Mm. You ever see these Pinteresty Sidarim? I look at them and say, wow, that's amazing. <laughs> but going back to my earlier point about beginning with the end in mind, my goal is not to have a picture perfect Seder. Got it. So that helps keep me. That's why I'm so happy that I have that goal to hold mm -hmm. on to because my Seder 
will not be beautiful. That being said, there will be props. There will be costumes. I bought a pyro costume. It is fun. That's awesome. Pyro is wild. My pyro. Um, there is it, it's different than like the regular pyro. Poetic pyro has a good time. Every sentence has to rhyme. Oh, yeah. Wow. That's just Look a fun that. challenge I had for myself. Nice. But I like to make place cards, personalized place cards. You write each person's name and sure. you make a little um, illustration around it. Or you can, I have this um, template that I made where basically you, everyone gets a, an Egypt Air ticket. It looks like a flight. Mm, yeah. It says your carry on is a sack <laughs> on the back. <laughs> Um, but little visuals like that, print a menu, put it on everyone's, um, table. And we do do the classic create Yamsuf down the table, mm-hmm. but it's not fancy. It's not gorgeous. It's right. little Lego guys oh, and yeah. random odds and ends like, you know, Barbies with their hair cut off. Like nice. it's just, <laughs> it's whatever we have, but it's a visual to help us really envision that. That's awesome. That's awesome. How do you make the text come alive? How do you make oh, the Haggadah text Haggadah come alive? Text, oh, yeah. Um, a lot of it has to do with your tone. Like, listen to this. Read what this paragraph is saying. Like, if you present it in an excited way. It's like when a teacher is giving it over. Yeah. Like, yeah, you, you feel that excitement. So yeah. there's that. There's also the relevant applications. So, and you know your kids. So bring up relevant examples to them. Mm-hmm. Yosef, remember last week when you were playing baseball? Remember when you were thinking... Well, that's just what happened here in this paragraph. Now, don't mm. ask me what paragraph mm-hmm. connects to baseball. I'm sure there <laughs> one does. But you can be loose in your connections, but that's how you bring it to life for a kid. Like, oh, hey, this is about me. Yes, it is. Right, right. Um, also, you don't need to be at the dining room table. I, I don't, correct me if I'm wrong, Rabbi, I don't think we have to be sitting at the dining room table. I think it's okay for suddenly you to say, everyone, come with me to the cave totally. and you lead them to the living room and you go under some blankets and boom, you're in a cave. Yeah, yeah, totally. I think that's great. I think it's great. I actually saw a couple of years ago that someone once made a whole entire like Mitzrayim <clears throat> type of thing in their house Love that. for them to like actually like walk through Mitzrayim and then walk out as if they're like literally leaving and then have like a whole Yamsa thing. Like they had wow. like it all. Like that's created, level 10 on Pinterest. Yeah, that's like, that, that's the next level. That's level 10. <laughs> I don't know if it looks fancy, but it, it, it had the effect. It, that's the thing. It doesn't have to, like you can either buy a, you know, a, a costume from Amazon like I do. Sure. And other times I'll just throw a blanket over my head and tie it under my, like you could just make yourself have a beard, you know, give yourself a little toga. That, that. And, and, and the kids will play along with you. They know how to play pretend. You don't have to tell them. It's totally true. It, you yeah. don't need a Broadway costume. So you just true. need to open their minds to imagine. Yeah, that's a great point. That's a great point. Would you say that you have any go-to Haggadahs? Yes. What you, I what never yours? outgrew the one that I found when I was 10. Which is that? Um, I just use like illustrated children's Haggadah. Oh, okay, and nice, I nice. keep it on in front of me. Um, and then I have a backup one with commentary in case there's ever like a lull or someone else sure. needs attention or something. I'll kind of read a little bit. But there's something about the visual and the nostalgic piece. Which one the, is that? Is that like the Rabbi Chait one you're talking about? That like oh, with all that the one actually I've, I've started using recently. Yeah, the Gaudi Pollock one yeah, is yeah. my favorite. Yeah, that's incredible. So good. Yeah. Amazing. It really, like, ever since I saw it, like, I literally still think of, like, the Kriyas Yamsov and, yes. like, the, all the different things in that. It's, it's incredible. It's really. so good. It's even, like, it's, some of the pictures are very intense. You yeah. can see that very, old man that old bleeding. Man. So you know intense. him. I know exactly what you're talking about. Yes. <laughs> so intense. It's amazing. That's awesome. That's awesome. Well, how would you have ways that you differentiate between the two, the two storm, between night one, night two? Or are they more or less? So, the same? okay. Yeah, okay. Good question. So think about Shabbos food Friday night mm-hmm. and then Shabbos day. We have two meals yeah. versus 
think about Shabbos food and Sunday night leftovers. Okay. <laughs> so I would say, let's try to go towards the first one where okay. we have these ideas, fresh ideas and props and games. Let's spread them out over the two Sadarim now that we are in the diaspora and have to have two Sadarim versus like, hey, this is the moment that we've been waiting for the Seder. And then the next night is like, here's leftovers. <laughs> <laughs> I gotcha. So if you can, even like, Maybe save a highlight for the second Seder to bring out. Got it. That's great. What 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 types of highlights would you try to like save? Or it depends year to year. Um, so a huge highlight for me growing up, and thank you, Dad, if you're listening. Your baseball games were so clutch. Okay, my father would spend weeks with his little composition notebook. You know, mm-hmm. the mead, the classic yeah, yeah. black and white marble. Love it. Um, writing questions before Pesach, and then he would rip them out, put them in a brown lunch bag. Each question had on it, either it said single, double, triple, home run. Hmm. And there are four of us kids. Um, we would be divided into two teams, and we would have an inning, let's say, at the Seder. And maybe throughout Yom Tov, we would have another inning. Eventually, it would be nine innings. But on your turn, you go up, you put your hands, pull out a question, you give it to him. Only he could read his handwriting. And then he would say, for a double, and he would ask a question. And uh. it was just, we would keep track. Bases loaded, man on first, whatever. That's so and it was cool. just... That was a highlight. Throughout the night. Like was a, throughout the night, there was like innings going on. Yeah. That's I mean, awesome. Such a great idea. So good. And that's then awesome. it could spread out, you know. Wow, your dad really took it serious. Day. That's like legit. That's yeah. very good. That's very, very cool. And he, like, his personality, he's, very, he's not a rah-rah, woohoo kind mm-hmm. of person. That's my mom. He's very even-keeled and quiet. And you don't have to be a rah-rah parent or educator to really capture people's attention and teach them life, you know, lifelong lessons. So true. So true. One of the questions that we got from, from one of our listeners is, you know, let's say you're at a family Seder and you're not necessarily the most exciting or the most engaging one. And you know, you have a bunch of families there, you know, like all the married siblings who are not coming back with all their kids, you know, that type of thing. Mm -hmm. How do you, you know, how do you engage your own kids with that? Or let's say if you don't necessarily feel comfortable doing whatever it is to engage them in front of everyone else, like, you know, like, not, not necessarily everyone's going to like put a blanket over their head or like have like right. wear a wig or something like, you know, like that if they feel comfortable with it. So, you know, what, what type of advice would you give for that? I would say do what you can do and push just a little bit out of your comfort zone. So maybe, I mean, every family has its own dynamic sure. and set of rules and do what you can without, you know, being inappropriate, but maybe you can suggest a game or, um, there's also a lot of pressure for everything to be like for the Seder to be amazing, God willing, you have a whole life ahead, you know, with your families to do wonderful lessons. It doesn't all have to be on this. Like I think within Judaism, there's a lot of pressure that we do ourselves. Like what did you guys do on Cholomoy? Like, (laughs) You know well, what? Holly, did you stay up at your Seder? Exactly. Oh, my, you know, like that, that video. That I, was love, like, ever, I love that video. Great video. Or <laughs> what did you dress up as on part? You know what? You can dress up another time. You can go to the park or the sure. zoo on a Sunday. It doesn't, let's take off that pressure. Like, mm-hmm. yes, there should be pressure. The Seder is a, such a powerful opportunity mm-hmm. for lifelong learning. Sure. But also it's okay. Like if it's right. not your, if you don't have that ability to make it that, okay, maybe in a few years you will. And for now, just... Take notes in your head of maybe I won't do this when right. I have my own Seder. <laughs> right, right. That's a great point. And, you know, going back, like you just said, like it's, it's a, it is this really important opportunity for, for lifelong learning. How does one instill their children with Imuna, with faith on this night? I, I just read a piece actually in my, my new nightly routine is to read a little bit about Imuna, which is amazing, by the way. Nice. If you read anything before you go to bed, it like 
goes into your, yeah, Yeah. it goes in. Um, so I read a piece, I wish I could say who said or who was about, but somebody asked, um, a great rabbi, when can I start teaching my child about Amuna? Um, my child is, I don't know, five. And I think the rabbi said, which was, it's harsh, but you're five years too late. Wow. Um, the Hmm. Seder is not the time to begin talking about Amuna. Right. God, Hashem, Ribono Shalom, whatever you call God, should be a topic in your conversation all the time. And Pesach is a time to kind of bring it out. Like, you know how we're always talking about Hashem? Well, do you know what happened on Pesach? But it should be, you should be leaning on topics that you've already mm. brought up a lot. Yeah, so it's more so like continuing slash amplifying the conversation. Amplifying, but absolutely. Gotta go. Yes, it, amplifying. Nice, yes. nice, nice. Okay, sounds good. That's a great point. Any other things from the Pesach workshop that we should uh, we should go through? Anything else? Um, another, this is just like a sorry thing, but I like to say always keep expectations low. I never tell my students, guys, we have a crazy lesson plan today. It's going to be amazing. Kind of just like, all right, whip out a crazy game. Right. Um, let's not tell our children we're going to be having a fantastic Seder. You want to be awake for this. Let's just surprise them. Let's just show them. Let's right. just do. Right. Show them with, with actions rather than exactly. with words, right? Yeah. That's a great point. That's a really, really great point. Any any final message that you want to share with, with our listeners? A final message. Um, I would say... Believe in the educator in you. Mm. This is such a teachery thing to say. But listen, I'm a teacher. I can't help it. You there can't you get rid of the teacher in me. That's what's up. <laughs> we each have in us that potential to be a guide and a teacher. And I'm sure you already are doing so many things you don't even realize. Um, you may not be t- intentional about it, but just by being you and showing the way, um, you are already teaching in so many ways that you don't even realize. Mm, that's such a great point. All parents are educators. Yes, this is true. Very, very true. Okay, amazing. Thank you so, so much. Really amazing points. And uh, really, thank you for taking the time right before Pesach. Thank you. And wish you a Amen. Thank you. And to everyone else, thank amen, you. Amen, amen. Thank you for joining us for another amazing episode in this pre-Pesach series. As we wrap up the pre-Pesach series, I, I've been reflecting on all these incredible ideas that we discussed whether it was the, you know, the potato sticks and the, the waiter ideas from Sharon Richter, the headbands and the Shalevecha Viagetcha from Mrs. Kamenetsky, the spreadsheet, Game of 21, the Psukim timeline from Yair Dar, you know, the way to help make cleaning fun and part of the routine with Dr. Axelrod, the strong emphasis of Hashem loving us and finding stories and bringing the feeling in our house leading up to Pesach from Rabbi Weberman, or the Seder rolls, or the six words or less, or the theme of Yeshua Hashem Karifayan from Sari. We have, you know, Baruch Hashem really learned a tremendous amount. And we've been preparing a lot together for this coming Chag. And remember, even if you spend a lot of time preparing any of these ideas, and it just doesn't go, or for whatever reason, it's, it's just not working out, it's okay. Keep your cool. Don't let it ruin the vibes of the Seder, no matter how hard it is, because really, in the end of the day, that's more important than anything you've prepped. It's my sincere hope that these podcasts have really, really helped you. While it was, you know, we did much more than the typical, doing more than one a week, which was, I'm sure was a lot for you to keep up with. I, I, you know, I only did it really just to be able to help you, each and every single one of you, and to enhance you and your children's experience. And I'd really love, really love to hear your feedback or reflections that you have and look forward to continuing to provide you with great parenting advice with the next series on child safety. As always... Please reach out to us, jenoff.org, on Instagram and Twitter, Parenting the Jews Next Door, Twitter, Yet Your Men Shell, 
and uh, and call our hotline 833-737-1293. We look forward to continuing this next series where we deal with child safety, such as bullying, technology, sexual abuse, substance abuse, domestic abuse, and uh, really make sure that our children are as safe as they possibly can be. Join us again next week as we work together to raise the Jews next door. Thank you.